0: A ray of hope in the form of Gordy comes over, but he's only interested in a charity walk for orphans. What a prick. Sabrina gets upset because she'll obviously do great and no one will be asked. So she's even been put off. Taking part in the charity event because she knows she'll be really enthusiastic about it, she'll raise money, she'll do it great, and she won't get the recognition
1: she feels she deserves. She's subscribing to the Willard Crafter theory on charity, there that it is a competition yeah, for the individual yeah, yeah, success. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what's it for
0: again? What do the orphans get?
2: Cable. Cable yeah. television, yeah. Um, pretty sure there's more important things that orphans need. Well, like, like parents. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <Parents>. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch. The podcast where three underachieving, unappreciated underdogs review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I am your host, biggest underachiever and the most unappreciated amongst this room because these chaps are always making snide jokes at me. But before I introduce them, I'll introduce myself very quickly. My name is Phil Dean. And my comrades who are always making snide jokes, as I teased earlier, are oh, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello Graham.
1: You did talk about how, how funny my snide jokes are. Much like Rodney Dangerfield, I don't get no respect. You don't, um, do you? Because you don't bloody deserve it, do you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still here, you know, I, I, I turn up every week and, and, you know, give give my best, I do my research, I, 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 don't, I don't know what more you want from me, I don't know what more the public wants from me. It's just... it's very tough being me. It very much is. Let's see if it's just as tough
0: to be uh, Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hi, Phil. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm alright, you know. Uh, I actually managed to get out of bed this morning. Not that anyone cares.
0: I don't, well, I don't care. Is your don't life care. as big as a struggle as, as Graeme's is? Don't do put us against each other, mate. <laughs> so I just want a bit of a bit of spice in this uh, in this relationship where we're all just downtrodding on each other. The only way the
1: downtrodden get respect is to unite. Okay. And rise up. So let's unite and cast some pod that will get us the respect we deserve. Jokes aside,
0: in reference to what we labelled ourselves at the top of the hour, are we all right, guys? Did we enjoy this episode? Yeah, I really did. Um it was it was Zady but satisfying. Yes. Well I did describe this episode last week as
1: hashtag classic uh, Coniff. conif. Yes. Would you describe this episode as classic conif? Yeah, I'd say so. It was yeah, it was it was very, very silly, very creative, and everybody in the end learned to less.
0: Yes, everyone learned a lesson. There was plenty of uh, daft things to happen, but the episode had uh, substance in it. it. It was it was a meaty episode with lots of sort of uh, daft fat around the outside. Yeah. It was it was like it was like a good a good pork pie. Guess it was uh,
1: g- girthy. Ooh.
2: And there was perils of war.
0: The of war, war. War makes up uh, surprisingly a large amount of this episode, Um, so we've got a a few discussions on the subject of war in the witching world uh, a little bit later. Uh, Anyway, we're going to steer away from Meat Pies and into a meaty episode with number eight. It's called And the Sabrina Goes Too. This episode is all about uh, Sabrina feeling underappreciated with her achievements, so she uh, uses a magical spell, or a magical cake rather, to kind of make everyone over appreciate her overachievements in the form of a, like a, an award
1: ceremony. Yeah, she kind of lives for, you know, a few is it one one afternoon, is it? Yeah, I think it is in the yeah. space of a day, yeah. For one crazy day she lives the life that Donald Trump lives every day where everybody is obliged to talk about how fantastic she is constantly, otherwise she won't listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah again it's a very daft episode.
0: It's got a really stupid concept, but it's very clever, we get some little cool jokes, we do get war, which again we'll talk about a little bit later, but uh, do you think this is um, a, one of the better episodes we've had so far in season three?
1: It's certainly one of the more memorable, it's yeah. certainly one of the more, like we've said, meaty, there's a lot to sink our teeth into, and uh, we may need to floss after after we're done here. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a work episode, it's definitely one which... I don't know if quality-wise it's necessarily massively far and away above what we've seen so far in mm-hmm. season three, but it's, it's, yeah, it's the most memorable, essentially.
0: Yeah, and, and unfortunately, again, it is a, what, uh, another episode that features a family member and the the family member secret uh, clue is kind of really just shoehorned in the last, like, 30 seconds of the episode. One of the main things that goes against this episode, but, you know, we'll get to that right at the very end. Uh, Anyway, the episode opens up on a fanfare, but unfortunately, they don't toot for Sabrina. They're in place ready for Cousin Larry's visit. He's an emperor in the other realm. Suddenly, the fanfare kicks in once more, followed by a red carpet and a kingly gentleman who almost does a Nazi salute and orders Sabrina to kiss his ring. It was aggressive. It wasn't. So, it wasn't. Sorry, no, I said it was aggressive. I can't do that with a stuffed nose. Okay,
1: sorry, mate. Yeah.
0: And uh, Graham, you're going to tell these two boys
1: exactly who plays this uh, cousin Larry. Veteran TV, that guy, Mr. Joel Brooks. Ooh. Um, yeah, he's just been in. Basically, I think his, his, his peak sort of involvement in in television was in the seventies and eighties. But even beyond that, he's he's always just popping up in. Everything, like in the 90s, you know, he had roles in Ally McBeal, Six Feet Under, I think it was like The Turn of the 2000s, he was in MASH, he was in Dukes of Hazard. but yeah, usually one or two episode runs, mm-hmm. but like his his TV credits is like a, a history of American television during his lifetime. I know we're only just introducing him now and we don't want to give
0: too much away in the episode, but do you think his performance is, is a little wasted or does he ha- does he do a lot
1: more than Cousin Mortimer? He does more, but that whole subplot... It has its plus points, which are entirely Salem-related. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, a lot of that subpot doesn't work. And he is a bit of a... Even though he's a guy who enters in a robe, demanding <laughs> that somebody kiss his ring, and later declares war, he's a bit of a non-character.
0: It's a shame, though, but this is a cousin, Larry, he asks Sabrina to, uh, to kiss his ring, and she says, oh, but I hardly know it. Good answer. Good answer and a good gag. Speaking of good gags... In the title sequence, she's dressed as a jester. She says, two witches walking to a bar.
1: Stop me if you've heard this one." I will say, we've got a king, like an old-fashioned king in this episode. <gasps> Zelda becomes an old-fashioned uh, queen later mm-hmm. on. It's actually pot relevant. It absolutely being is. A jester. Oh
2: my! I did. It didn't even clock. Yeah,
1: it was so subtle, wasn't it, Chris? And also... Well, not really. Now I'm thinking about it. No, I should have seen that. Your swollen sinuses prevented you from seeing it effectively. And also, rather than make a bad joke that makes it just go off, for fuck's sake, it's inviting you to think up your own joke based on uh, the the introductory material that uh, Sabrina has given you. Mm -hmm. And Phil, I gather you have done such a joke.
0: Yes, um... It's it's a bit difficult because they she's already given you a, ve- a very niche start I mean two witches walking to <laughs> a bar. Just a bit, yeah. I mean, I mean, how often does that happen? But I try to rack my brains and I've come up with a little joke, boys. So I invite you to enjoy this uh, this material. Two witches walk into a bar and the bartender says, "How would you like your poison?" And the witches say, "In an apple."
1: Right, because in in snow ones.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah said so, but the poison was in the apple.
2: Yeah, yeah or but, the but generally... or the
1: alternative
0: edit, the director's cut of this joke would be two witches walk into a bar and the bartender says, What's your poison? and they say apple teeny, but wasn't too sure whether that'd be universally understood.
1: Well, yeah, that one's better because the sort of stock bartender uh, phrase is what's your poison? Not yeah. how, how would you like your poison? Yeah. yeah. What's your poison?
2: Two witches walk into a bar, the bartender asks What's your poison? And one witch replies, teeny and the other witch replies something else, and that's the funny one.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've still not got
0: a punchline. So, so my punchline <laughs> so punch isn't funny is what no. you're saying. Okay. So, so yours, wh-
1: yours is logical. Okay. So Sabrina gave us a start, Phil built upon that, but we've still not got a joke. I mean, we, we are famously not funny. We're co- well, we're conversationally yeah. a little bit amusing. Yeah, we but throw we, the odd pun in there. Yeah, but we can't put we can't up with jokes, just jokes, jokes. So, um, we've uh, got two-thirds of a joke, it just needs a punchline. If uh, if you can help us out, you know, one witch says Appletini, the other says... Blank! Blank. Um, then, uh, yeah, get in touch with us on Twitter. Hashtag, two witches walk into a bar. <laughs> Hashtag, two witches walk into a bar and the bartender says, What's your
0: poison? One of the witches says, says Appletini, Appletini and blank. Get it trending. (laughs) How many characters is that worth? Uh, We're in the kitchen and Zelda is about to head to yet another symposium. It's one of our favourite magical words, boys. But before she goes, Larry wants to know where Hilda is. As do we all, because this is one of the few episodes where Hilda ain't in (laughs) it. That's, yeah, very, very weird. I didn't like it. I didn't didn't like it. It took me a little while to be like, oh wait, no, Hilda's not coming.
2: Hilda's not coming. (laughs)
0: Obviously, in the final season of this show, Hilda and Zelda aren't in it, but obviously they're not in it together, so it's it's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's yeah,
1: it's un, it's fine. One being there and the other not, that's very strange. Yeah, I mean, we're so used to, obviously, Valerie and Harvey and Mr. Craft just, just vanishing, but a member of the Spellman family being absent from an episode is something we've not had to deal with before, and... We weren't prepared. Don't, yeah, we don't really want to deal with again. It's um, it's like if we if there was an episode of Sister Sister, but one of the sisters was missing. Hilda and Zelda definitely do come as you're saying as a package deal. They need each other to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. You know, Beth Broderick and Caroline Ray are very talented performers. Um, you know, Beth Broderick's perfectly good in this episode, but as characters, Hilda and Zelda need each other to bounce off. They need the chalk and cheese contrast, and. Possibly if they each had their own country in this episode and they were different kinds of rules, that would make it a lot funnier than
0: what we get. Yeah. I mean, obviously you mentioned uh, the contrast in chalk and cheese. Famously, chalk and cheese are extremely similar. They both contain calcium. But it's, well, it's just like the British uh, nation have had to get used to seeing Deck on his own without his aunt. Yes. So obviously, Anton Deck on TV for decades have always been together, but uh, yeah, for the past twelve months, it's just been Deck on his own.
1: Yeah, tell me that Caroline Ray was in rehab, and that's
0: why. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Caroline Ray was in uh, rehab for uh, drink uh, drink driving, but uh, yeah, who are we to know? Beth Roger does a very good performance. I like Zelda yep. in this episode. We see a sort of a an, a very almost greedy side to her that we've uh, that we've not explored. Do you think this episode would have been better if it was Hilda instead of Zelda? Yes,
2: and that was my thought. I was like, this isn't a Zelda storyline, this is a Hilda storyline. Yeah. And uh, I feel like what might have happened is uh, Caroline Ray was really ill during this section of filming Mm -hmm. and so they did a quick rewrite and rather than have Zelda's story of the symposium and the math problem in the other realm, they went, Rather than do that, we'll just have Zelda in Hilda's role. Yeah,
0: she just kind of play them both. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Beth Brody just play Hilda and Zelda in this episode, but it's a little strange. But you know, as we discuss it, we'll um, we'll we'll reflect on that question uh, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so she's just about to go off to her symposium, but before, uh, but before she goes, Larry wants to know where Hilda is. As it turns out, that Hilda is the princess of Masquerica Park, the neighbouring region to Larry's. And fun fact, Masapequa is so small and lacked of money, they can't afford the P, so it's
1: Princess. this and is not Princess. This is really weird. the Massapequa is Harry's kingdom, yeah Massapequa Park is Zeldas. Those are actually like neighborhoods in New York I, I wonder why why they did that it's so strange maybe yeah. just because it sounds magical doesn't it like it sounds because but...
0: they're supposed to be uh, ruling this land in the other realm so I guess it sounds a little little mystical
1: yeah maybe it's a little in joke but it's yeah strange
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out yeah so Hilda is uh, is a, a, prin- a princess sorry of this land and witches live for so long that they accumulate useless countries to reign over so she asks uh, so Zelda asks Larry if uh, he can take it off her hands and with a magnificent fanfare the papers arrive for her to sign. It's just one signature if you press really hard. Nice little uh, joke there because yeah.
1: it's just one piece of paper and then there's loads. What was that noise? It's no. not as good as your extremely accurate representation of a table being cleared in uh... <laughs> <laughs> As the Turns which still amazes me to this day. Go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> Phil... Clears a table with his mouth. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then again,
0: what we've seen with with uh, guests on the show from from the Spellman family, lots of different noises and sounds of them using their magic. And in this one, it's very very uh, royal royalty based. Yes, yeah, very regal. That's the one. Yes, thank you. Royalty free music. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. oh, oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. And we say we're not funny. Well, uh, other people say that. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, to this point, we've not discussed the music, so probably not that funny at this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It will make more sense later on. When when we get to like, remember that we said royalty free music. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so, Larry wants to chat with Sabrina about the family secret. Finally! But she has to get to school as is, as it's the invention fair, and her entry is really cool. At said fair, and Valerie's showing off her invention a lipstick hairdryer applicator, but we. Gloss over that to see Sabrina's <laughs> oh, invention, oh. Oh. A, a device that purifies all of the water in the school's water fountain. <laughs> this, is,
1: this made me laugh because it's the kind of thing that Alex Jones would sell. <laughs> uh, yeah. You get the fluoride out of your water and you don't turn! <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a, it, is, it is a proper, like, InfoWars shopping yeah. channel. Not the lipstick, hair dryer uh, applicator, no, no. but the, uh, the the water purifier. And obviously it's a bit of a social commentary, because that water in the school is so darn filthy
1: that she's purifying it all, and only a little a little spittle comes out, doesn't it? A spittle's worth. Yeah, that's the only, only little... Uh, and also, uh, Lindsay Sloan waiting for the water to come out, and then eventually this little, like, yeah, this little, like, spurt, just sort of, like... It was... I wouldn't even describe it as a spurt. Well... As I said it was a spittle's worth it was just yeah, yeah. It just it just yeah just sort of dribbles onto her lips she proper corpses and <laughs> that I because will... it's I think I think
0: like she obviously wasn't have known when the water was going to yeah, come uh, out so she's waiting for it and she's moving her head and then like uh, no uh, no yeah. are we still doing the shot are we oh, okay yeah. yeah oh oh, oh yeah. yeah. it is yeah. a proper corpse, but it's dead funny uh, Harvey's invention hits closer to home uh, the pepperoni pizza putty prototype a massive ball that sucks off all the pepperoni from a pizza
1: well Harvey we have learned in previous episodes uh, has eaten so much pizza that every time he burps it smells of pepperoni yeah what,
0: what, what, what was the story there he, I think he just um, didn't he enter a competition where he had to eat so many pizzas yeah. but oh, this was, was uh, yeah, uh, early on in the, the after effect though what, what, what was it was it his burps I think it was his burps He's smelt and tasted of pepperoni yeah. pizza so uh, yeah he's a pizza fiend and he's got this sort of like Flintstones invention where he yeah. sticks this on and it takes off all the pepperoni but again nice character development of Harvey we know that he's got table manners because yeah. Valerie says Why, what's wrong with just picking off the pepperoni off your pizza and he says I'm not an animal also, if you're picking pepperoni off a pizza, it's
2: very greasy, so you yeah. get very greasy fingers, so you yeah. don't want to do that. But I I missed why. Why he invented the uh, pizza putty prototype. Yes, that was a spot on, Chris. Is that uh, what it The is? pepperoni yeah. pizza, Mr. Oh, pepperoni. the pepperoni pizza prototype. Putty prototype. The pepperoni pizza putty prototype. Yes, well right. done. I missed why he invented it. What's, well, what's it's, its purpose? It's, other than to remove... Why would you
0: need to remove pepperoni from a pizza? It's that common problem when you order a, a margarita pizza, cheese and tomato pizza, and it comes with pepperoni on it by mistake. It's for
1: that one use. Ah, so shindogu, which is uh, the Japanese art of making useless inventions. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those. And Harvey, uh,
0: yeah, is definitely uh, an advocate of that. Uh, Mrs. Quick comes over to tell Valerie how much she loves her invention. Mr. Kraft, however, does not, as he looks like <laughs> one of Red Skelton's paintings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the kids, in, uh, kids in the 90s are going to get references <laughs> to Red Skelton, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't have a fucking clue who he is. Who, who is Red Skelton? He's a comedian who's like, peak was in like the... the, the F- Fucking hell! Like I think the I know him from being in films with like Fred Astaire and people at uh, the, like the forties and fifties. Like this is this is like yeah, he was well. You don't need to Google him. He was yeah, he was he was just a very old comedian. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I just I want to see him. And I didn't know he painted. That was that was that was interesting.
0: So Chris, I mean, the question is: Is it a really nice piece of ancient observational
1: comedy? yes, because yes. he painted clowns. Okay, painted clowns. okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay that's uh it, it, it's a perfectly serviceable reference then but um yeah no one fucking knows <laughs> it. No one knows it. Yeah.
0: Nobody knows.
1: Hashtag yeah. nobody
0: knows. In class, and just as everyone was unimpressed with Sabrina's unsurprisingly excellent invention, no one cares about her latest A+. And even more so when, yeah, surprise, surprise, she came first in the invention fair. Valerie stoked to come third, and Harvey is so happy to get a green participation rebbin'. Rebbin'. Re- 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 <laughs> re- 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 <laughs> while Sabrina just gets miffed, nobody is revelling in her joy. Even Mr. Kraft goes well done, Kinkle. You were the, on, you're the only Football footballer player, player to uh, to finish an invention and to. So what about me? Hello. <laughs> yes. Brilliant, brilliant, Martin. Well, delivery. Needless to say. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, everyone is is really stoked. Sabrina's kind of like sulking a little bit that no one is uh, is enjoying her achievements in, in that day. It's not just the invention, but it's the excellent exam results. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's the it's the age old thing of. If you keep
2: doing something well, no one will notice, which is why I always suggest that whenever you get a new job, never give 100%, give about 50%. So on those days when you give like 75%, people are like, oh, you worked really hard today, when in reality, you did just
0: a little bit more than you normally do, which yeah. is only half of what you should be doing. Just just scrape, just crawl through your probation period, and then yeah. once that's up,
1: there we go, then you can be your true self. John McCain, you died recently. Yes. At he the was, time of this recording. At the time of this recording, John McCain died recently. He was a piece of utter fucking shit, and I hope he rots in hell. But people were celebrating his life because... He was a dickbag most of the time, and every so often he'd stand up for a just cause. The politicians who spend their lives campaigning for what's right don't get that recognition. People love a dickhead briefly showing themselves to actually be alright. And it's the same with people love someone who is shit at things occasionally coming good. Yes, the real problem is that she's just too good. She's sort of like, she's like Michael Schumacher. Right, Michael Schumacher won his, his fifth world championship, you know, um, in uh, two thousand and two. Like, he called the uh, all-time record, and everyone just went, "Yeah, of course he fucking did." You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. fucking well done, lad. Yeah. It- the price of the price of constant success is no one gives a shit no one gives a shit people people take how good you are completely for granted yeah and it's a shame and
0: this is exactly what's happening in Sabrina's case however a ray of hope in the form of Gordy comes over but he's only interested in a charity walk for orphans what a prick Sabrina gets upset because she'll obviously do great and no one will be asked. so she's even been put off Taking part in the charity event because she knows she'll be really enthusiastic about it. She'll raise money. She'll do it great, and she won't get the recognition she feels she deserves. She's
1: subscribing to the Willard Crafter theory on charity there—that it is a competition yeah, for the individual yeah, yeah, success. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what's it for again? What do the orphans get? Cable. Cable yeah. television. Yeah.
2: Um, pretty sure there's more important things that orphans need. Well, like, like parents. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Sabina heads home and even Zelda doesn't throw a parade for her But it's because she always works hard and gets great results, as we said Uh, So she doesn't need a fanfare for every achievement But of course, Sabs thinks differently She confides in the magic book and Salem tells her to look in the recipe section Oh, the recipe section, but it's just desserts Uh, With one little bit of this just dessert, you'll get the recognition your good work deserves Downstairs, however, and a pair of pathetic peasants stop by to worship Zelda. Yeah, they're a bit racist, aren't they? A, l- a little bit. Only a little,
1: only a little bit, because obviously they're the citizens of a fictional country. Yes. But they're called something like Igor and... Olga Ol- and uh,
0: like Zandiv or something like that, I yeah, think.
1: Yeah, like just, yeah, just like Russian names, basically. And they talk in Cod Russian accents. And mm. yeah, they're just supposed to be just... Just stereotypical, like, impoverished uh, Russian peasants because they've got no the money there, haven't they? have got no money,
0: yeah. A, a fun fact, as well, about loses. the uh, fun fact about the, uh the, the bloke, I think it's called Zandiv or something. Um, his real name's Larry Thomas, yeah. Uh, he's um, in two separate things, he's played Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein. Wow, that's great, yeah. So, some killer roles there. Uh, in school and Sabrina takes a bite from her Just Desserts cake and suddenly Mrs Quick comes bounding in to congratulate her for getting an A, followed by rapturous applause from everyone in the vicinity. She even has a plaque to commemorate her victory in the Invention Fair in honour of Sabrina Spellman, it says.
1: And I didn't even have to die! That was a funny joke, however, this whole bit, this, this section, I mean, it later escalates to something we've not seen before. This whole section, it's going been done! <laughs> we've got a montage of her receiving plaques, and things being named after her. It was, in a, fan, it was a fantasy, wasn't it? it got, yeah, yes, it, it, was a, it was a maniacal dream mm-hmm. scene. Yes, whereas this time it's happening
0: IRL, but still. But, but you know, it's still quite funny, because I mean, Mr. Kraft comes over Uh, because he announces to everyone that because of Sabrina's incredible academic achievements, the school board has decided that there is no grade on Earth adequate enough towards Sabrina. So instead he bestows the gift of an angelic hallelujah. Back home and Zelda is enjoying a good pampering from her loyal subjects, but that's abruptly ended by cousin Larry who asks if she's ready to sign those papers. She's changed her mind however and the mood turns sour as Larry declares war on Zelda for not keeping her promise. Because I wanted it, he said in a nice
1: sort of uh, grotty, teenager y way. Yeah, but like, that's like sort of the character we get of him there, of you know, sort of this sort of, yeah, this sort of like bratty sort of like man child dictator. It's not revisited because like you barely see him, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's like, I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. so he's going to turn into quite a fun character here, and no, you yeah, barely see him again. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. more of these racist, uh, yeah, these peasants. Ra- <laughs> these racist caricatures who I, I would say that nothing involving them is funny. This storyline is funny because Salem gets to embrace his militaristic sadism that's yes. once made him such a good uh, world dominator.
0: Yeah, Salem has a great outing and so does those, those hench arms. They're back yes. and they, oh. are, they are working it, baby. They are. Yes, uh, just, they are. Just a little bit until we get there, though. Meanwhile, upstairs and Salem asks Sabs how her Just Desserts went. Uh, She tells him that it was great, but all that adoration has given her a sweet tooth. And going against Salem's cries, she eats the rest of the cake, which will no doubt lead to bad things. Way to eat cake, Salem cries. (laughs) Salem is becoming, I guess as the show runs, he's becoming more and more responsible and, uh, well, responsible over Sabrina. He's telling her, oh no, 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 don't do that. The spell says, just take one bite and she's like eating it and... uh, Proper Bruce Bogtrotter style, and uh, yeah, and he's stepping up and saying no, 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 don't, no, no. Even up until she eats
1: it, he's telling her to not. It's almost like it's okay for me to be impulsive and um, cutting and you know manipulative or whatever, but I don't want you to turn out like me. It's, yeah. it's almost that sort of thing because he's he, he he's still this he's still the guy who tried to take over the world. And we see it in this episode, yeah. mm-hmm. but he has enough appreciation of basic morality do as I say not as I do isn't yes. it? you'll
0: never see daylight again
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: it's very much he's very much like uh, an old relative like a, a grandparent or even a parent who, who will come and say to you looking at you I wish I'd paid attention more in school it's kind of like that yeah. it's like Salem saying there's no hope for me I can be as, as awful and rude and, and, and reckless as I want but you're you're still so young, you can learn so much, yeah. you know. A thousand years is a long life to live. Don't fuck
1: it up at seventeen years old, you know. I mean, it doesn't want to it doesn't want her to be a cat in there. you know forty, fifty years. I think that's the thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh but yeah, so with nice nice again, always more development with Salem, which we love. Uh, in school and Harvey is complimenting Sabrina on the awesome way she closed her locker, and Valerie can't stop getting giddy at the sight of Sabrina's breathing. It's a similar thing at home, as Zelda, now in royalty garb, has her servants Olga and Zapano, I've written his name down, Zapano, fighting over her apple core and desiring to become a footstool. Salem asks her about hiring him to be her Minister of War, however she tells him to scat, naturally leading him to believe that scat was in fact code for destroy Emperor Larry and all he holds dear so Salem can rule his country. Yes. Nice. Yes. Um, so he wants to be Minister of War again, being in a place of power, position of power, and uh, doesn't say, ooh, this is awkward. I don't know what I'm going to tell my men." Yeah. So he's already got a team of people, a team of lackeys.
1: Really, yeah, he's hasn't already he?
0: got a, a war cabinet. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's Salem. If he,
2: he's always got a war cabinet on hand, it, it's his emergency war cabinet.
1: They're probably his world domination team mm-hmm. from from back in the day who are now all various different animals.
0: Yeah, exactly. He just needs to blow on a conch and they all assemble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We jump back to school where Mrs Quick cancels the next test and just gives Sabrina an A. Oh,
1: and well, Mr Craft gets upset because he hasn't got a party hat to celebrate with. <laughs> Mr Craft bursts in saying they've just declared peace in and then Mrs Quick says, never mind about that, Sabrina's got an A and he's like, and oh, no, I haven't got a hat. I wonder where they've just declared peace. Yeah. It was was, was so so incredible, such big news that he had to burst in and say it. Back in the kitchen at home and Salem is making a sleeping potion for Cousin Larry, or s'mores,
0: as he tells Zelda when she asks, yeah, I'm making s'mores, s'more poison for Emperor Larry.
1: (laughs) That laugh, and (laughs) the the ah and the head throw. Ah.
0: Yeah, he's stirring this big wooden spoon and in the scene just before he's writing, he's actually scribing stuff with a pencil in his paw. But with different
2: paws as well. Yeah. He was using his left paw with the pencil and the right paw with the spoon. Oh, oh, man. oh. we're so in love. <laughs> we're so in love
1: with I that. wanna play with that puppet. Yeah. So badly. Just, so badly. I just want Salem to be real and in my life. Yeah, just just Ah, oh, yeah. Let's just have a moment you know to pause for thought yeah you did.
0: back in the school halls a mr craft is leading a parade for sabrina in honor of her completing her literally uh, literally homework back in <laughs> <laughs> literally oh, literally she, she, homework she,
1: she did the work at home it is literally homework <laughs> <laughs>
0: what i meant to say was back in the school halls a mr craft is leading a parade for sabrina in honor of her completing her literature homework whilst at home zelda is getting bombed wait well,
2: you- you, you might say parade, you might say leading a... Marting
0: band. <laughs> hey! The Marting band? A Marting band, yes. That's, that is really, really good. It is. But yeah, uh, so Zelda gets bombed, she's very casual, she just goes, Oh, now we're getting attacked. Great. In a few moments time we'll discuss war, but just before we get there we're going to the school uh, assembly. Which has been assembled to honour the orphans. <laughs> LOL JK, it's the first annual Sabrina Awards show! Yay! Yay! And we get an incredible musical number. <laughs> what was that noise? It was a squee. <laughs> Boys, <laughs> I've written the lyrics to the song. No, you haven't. <laughs> I can't remember the tune, but allow me to uh, to, uh, to entertain you. S, because she's so sublime. I sound like William Shatner, don't I? S, because she's so sublime. A is because she's awesome all the time. B, because she's the best babe in school. R, because she really makes me drool. And I is for the icon she's become. N, because she's great, she makes me numb. And A is the great mark she gets every day. No matter how it's spelled, Sabrina is unparalleled. Sabrina, 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 Sabrina.
1: Sabrina. Yes, and uh, this uh, wonderful number is uh, performed by Valerie, by Harvey, and by Mr. Kraft, all in the same Spangly outfit. (laughs) Oh, Spangly is the correct turn of phrase. (laughs) And uh, I think Valerie starts, then Harvey joins, and then Mr. Kraft joins. The shot is tight, so when. You hear them before you see them, and all of a sudden, you're like, Oh, and Harvey's doing it too. Oh, and Mr. Kraft's doing it as well. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's talking about Sabrina
2: being an icon and her, yeah. how great she is. They oh. were wearing cummerbunds. Yeah.
0: Oh. You can see in their eyes that they're thinking this is really silly, but they're having so much fun. It's yeah.
1: the kind of thing where if it was the first episode of Sabrina you'd seen, you wouldn't laugh. But because you know those actors and those characters. That's why it works. Right? <laughs> yeah. And again, Valerie, yeah, you knew she
0: was going to come and sing something. Uh, Harvey, yes, but yeah, Mister Kraft to come in. He he, he was is, the wild card in that, wasn't he? he he's the ambassador for these Sabrina awards. Like, yes yeah, yeah. and you know, such a contrast to his character. It's really really funny. Uh, the first category of the show is for best relaxed Sabrina moment, which she wins to everyone's delight because it's uh, is it the nominees are uh, Sabrina in the canteen, Sabrina reading a magazine in class. Sabrina walking down the corridor is it and Sabrina just this
1: moment. They are uh, hosted uh, these awards uh, by Mr Craft and entertainment tonight's Mary Hart. Yes they are, um yeah. and uh, they do a bit of the awkward looking at the queue. Oh no no that's you that's you know. <laughs> yeah uh, look up there yeah. yeah. So,
0: <laughs> this has <laughs> been broadcasted. Don't yeah. <laughs> forget d- d- guys. But
1: that's that's sort of a well that's sort of like a well, sort of like cliche thing you know like dysfunctional uh, you know you get your revision, don't you um and various things yeah sort of Dysfunctional, disorganized mm. um, award ceremony hosts.
0: If this award ceremony is being broadcast, does it? Does Sabrina sort of this spell reach further than just people around her? Does it? You know, are people watching her on TV and magically being
1: like, "Oh my God, that's Sabrina"? I think they just think it's being broadcast. Okay, right. in their in their warped minds. We then get a "Oh oh, just look at how different our days are" montage,
0: where Sabrina is crying, celebrating with her awards alongside a streaker.
1: Would maybe that was a famous thing that happened at the world so Probably many recently yeah. at the time? It seems like one of those at the time people are like, ah, it's like the thing that happened. <laughs> Jokes. Although, speaking of things that didn't happen, if you watch the DVD edition of yes. this episode as we did, talk about phantom Planet, Phil, they do. Uh, phantom planet, I didn't know existed before the OC, but apparently they did. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised that they were. Possibly they were just a band who sort of had some sort of link up where like, or we can publicise their existence via Sabrina because that's their target audience. They're definitely the youngest band that have, and the most relevant band that have been referenced in this show. A yeah. band that didn't exist 20 years ago prior yeah. to this episode. A band that the target audience of Sabrina would actually enjoy unlike the Violent Femmes and the uh, 10,000 Maniacs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, going back to our royalty-free music, um, we get some
0: delightful montage music, but I'm led to believe that that music might have been Performed by Phantom Planet because they were referenced in the episode. Yeah, but due to uh, copyright,
1: they're not featured on the DVD. Yeah, we have um, one of the uh, nominations for most like Sabrina moments. Oh yes, it is. Yeah. Sabrina humming along to a Phantom Planet song she heard on the radio. There's a thing where Mr. Kraft says, "Now over to the band," and that band was Phantom Planet, but their scene is cut. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and yeah, they're credited as themselves in in, uh, in the end credits, but we, we we don't see them. Yeah, they're ghosts in our yeah. mind. But uh, yeah, so that, that's... Uh... Literal phantoms. <laughs>
0: literally. yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so Sabrina is celebrating with all her al- awards. While Zelda and her servants are avoiding gunfire, bombs and definite imminent death,
1: does war have a place in Sabrina the Teenage Witch? <laughs> yes! Does Zelda machine gunning somebody... <laughs> have a place in Sabrina.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's, she's walking around
1: the house with her servants.
0: She smashes one of the patio door windows and starts gunning people down. Now, is she just firing at Larry? Is it just a war between Larry and Zelda? Or is she gunning down soldiers on
1: behalf of Larry? I think you are to... Yeah, I, I don't know how to read the scene because it entirely takes place in the house. You don't, other than Zelda's two servants, you don't see any other uh, people. It's mm-hmm. entirely Salem, Zelda, Larry, and these two guys. Just, just Zelda. If it was Hilda, fine. Zelda firing it, a, firing a, a, a weapon. Zelda <laughs> believing in like armed conflict just just doesn't sit right with me.
0: Yeah. Again, if it was Hilda. Would have made this montage make more sense? Yes. Or this storyline make
1: more 100%. sense? 100%. Yeah. Uh, since Chris said it, like, yeah, there is no way that this wasn't... Hilda was just having this story, but... Yeah. Because Caroline Ray wasn't there, she couldn't. I mean, it, it's nice for Zelda to have a taste of a
0: personality trait she's not necessarily use, uh, used to. That's fine. I can get behind that. But yeah, this... Zelda, I think, walking around gooding people down to selflessly um, keep hold of a country she doesn't really care about... Yeah. Just because there are slaves at her beck and call, yeah, that's it's very unseldom, It's very un yeah. Unbel. I, I, I know this is a show about witches, but still, this is so, the most unbelievable yeah. element of the show so far. There is one point though I do like is is Sopano uh, is 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 giving uh, Zelda some some coffee, and he's running around the house narrowly avoiding explosions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like like mines that are somehow in a house, yeah. and that's quite a
1: dangerous but really fun shot i think yeah. i think that's very very well done oh no I'm not saying it's not well shot it's just no, I'm sure that the, the people who Zelda fired at were well shot as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They got well shot, but um, yeah, it's just not—it's just not right.
0: Uh, throughout the montage, Zelda gets more and more trigger happy, while Sabrina gets more and more unhappy, bored of all her praise. Zelda finally gives in to cousin Larry, who happily accepts Zelda's country and its three occupants. Just in time too, because he
1: just calls off the the napalm, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, the, na- the, 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 the napalm. <laughs> napalm. Uh, uh. Uh, children getting their skin melted off. <laughs> but yeah, uh, very glorious uh, death it would be. Happened a long time uh, somewhere uh. else, so it's, it's funny.
0: It's um, fine. Oh, we forgot to mention as well that um, Salem makes loads of booby traps doesn't he in the kitchen yeah uh, and he's in his army uniform telling Zelda to duck and to dive and to, to jump yeah. on, the, on the ground
2: giant axe swings across the room yeah that was nice uh, a uh, chair is destroyed <laughs> <laughs> a
0: chair is destroyed oh yeah yeah, yeah chair strike <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we lost a chair in this episode we did upset. thoughts go to the chair's friends and family
0: yeah, I, I was I was upset to find that no uh, we, you know, we didn't get a thing saying at the at the end of the episode that no chairs were harmed in
1: the making of this episode. It's because they blatantly were. <laughs> they were. Hashtag justice for chairs the American Society for Cruelty to Chairs I did not endorse this episode So uh, at school
0: and Sabrina finally realises how awful she's been well she doesn't realise this on her own as it takes a crying Gordy for it to hit home yeah. I think he's emotional due to the magic about um, like, oh my god I never thought you'd win best supporting Sabrina but I guess he is still affected he's one of the few characters who isn't like overwhelmed by Sabrina's um, glory and achievements It's weird
1: because even at the best of times he has a massive crush on her yeah mm.
0: And but So it's like a part, of, because he's worked really hard uh, uh, to get these uh, orphans and Cable. And uh, yeah, and he's not getting uh, congratulated for all his efforts. So it's kind of like his hard work is breaking through the magic in a way. Mm. Quick
2: question. What would be a best supporting Sabrina moment? A chair? How, how can Sabrina be the best supporting Sabrina of Sabrina if Sabrina is Sabrina and not supporting Sabrina
0: well, Sabrina's legs yeah uh, uh, so technically she would yeah Yeah.
1: okay I'm with you sorry it just it bugged me for a moment then also we assumed that uh, the cable was cable television mm. yes it's just been cable to hang themselves
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> could have been that massive comedy roll of cable that we saw in Clarissa oh right well that would kill them as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. plenty, of, plenty of cable to go around there Teeny-tiny next. Uh, (laughs) So, Sabrina, sort of uh, realising how awful she's been, she donates all of her glory and trophies to Gordy and the other do-gooders who worked hard and deserve it more. She learnt a lesson. That's good. That's nice. That's real nice. At home, and Sabrina's epiphany continues that hard work is its own reward. Zelda zaps in a humble pie to reverse the spell. Uh... The credits roll and with forty seconds left of the episode's runtime, Cousin Larry finally dishes out some goss concerning the family secret. A horn. So considering he hasn't got the horn for Sabrina anymore, he leaves. So yeah. A horn. Yeah, they're yeah.
1: doing this family secret thing very well. They? I can't <laughs>
0: no, even not at all. I can't even remember what did Cousin Mortimer give her. Oh fuck Superman. Superman? Well, it wasn't. It was Spellman. That's what it, were. it so was. So the family it... secret is Spellman. Spellman. So, Sorry. oh yeah yeah yeah. And, and, horn. A, and horn. We have Spellman horn. Spellman horn. I agree, Graham. They're not doing this uh, family secret any justice. They're not doing it particularly any well because we're... the past couple of times we've had it, it's just been just thrown in,
1: splashed in, dribbled in, right at the end of this episode. It's almost like it might. This might not be the case, but it's almost like they wrote these episodes, and then decided that they were going to have this overarching plot, and so they just shoehorned, as we were saying before, um, a, a family secret onto the end of these episodes. Because we already had like relatives showing up all the time anyway. It's not um, like this is a new thing, like, yeah. oh, family members are showing up so they can they can give them the secret. Like, It was always happening already. So I don't necessarily know if it's really something that they already had in mind for season 3 or maybe
0: this Family Secret was just a DVD exclusive because obviously the cut they saved a bit of time not having Phantom Planet so maybe this scene wasn't on telly
1: maybe we're maybe we're the only ones getting it that's why it makes zero sense because they're always right at the end and uh, yeah you know people are going to be crushed that there's no Phantom Planet songs so we need need to make it up to them (laughs) somehow we didn't mention Dick Clark we didn't mention Dick Clark. The very end, Sabrina uh, decides that no, Gordy and all, all these guys—they should—they should have it should be celebrating them basically. And then we we cut to Dick Clark in the um, media uh, suite. Yeah, the media suite saying, "Oh, what's going on? Why is she doing this?" And Dick Clark, of course, uh, Kings of American Television, both as a a sort of producer of uh, of various. Uh, Shows and uh, award ceremonies, as we're seeing here, and uh, when he was uh, younger, as uh, the host of American Bandstand, which was oh, where yeah. you, you went to, to see all your rock and roll music. Oh, uh, so yeah, a real real legend. He only has one line because he was probably a very busy man. Um, he's not anymore because he's dead. I'd say that that makes him even more busy, Graham. Yeah, well, he, he's more busy. We don't know what he's doing up there. Well, busy with, being or digested, or yeah, busy being digested. But here he was, yeah. He was alive and for a few seconds. We got, we got, we got some Dick Clark, which was, uh, which was nice. Na- it's, it's nice to get some dick, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's always nice to get a bit of dick. dick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So dicks and horns at the end of this
0: episode, yeah. giggity. Nice. it's real <laughs> nice. Uh, but there we go. That is episode eight, entitled "And the Sabrina Goes to Boys discussing it again. Was this uh, apart from the end? It's a good episode, all right.
1: Yeah, discussing it. It's not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah,
2: I didn't want to say it, but yeah, that is that is very very true. You, usually, when when we watch an episode and then discuss it thereafter, we're like, oh yeah, it was actually a really good episode. This one is sort of, like, oh yeah, it was a good episode. Is it uh-?
0: Yeah, it fell apart the one we were talking about it. Yeah. This episode, yeah, it kind of fell apart as we were talking about it, which is a shame. But uh, so with that then, how does it rank in regards to other uh, classic Conif episodes that we've? we've enjoyed because he's one of the most consistent writers when it's been a completely zany but also really full and uh explorational development uh, episode yeah how does this compare to other ones we've been really fond of i think if it had hilda in it and zelda wasn't doing a hilda storyline i'd say it would probably be up there with one of the as one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Chris is no longer the only Rank Master, the three of us are, as we now uh, grade each episode in a matter of categories. They are... Magic, wit, creativity, and progression. First of all, boys, magic. Magic ruled in terms of...
2: of spells being cast mm. and recipes. Yep. Yeah. And without that, then we wouldn't have had the episode. It was nice to see the just dessert, it was nice to see the humble pie. Other than that, I can't think of any other
0: uses of actual magic. I liked Larry's personal sound effects. Yeah.
1: It was the one spell, and it wasn't a spell; it was a recipe. Yeah. Well, they're in the rest. They're in the magic book. Yeah, I'd, it classes as magic, but the point is, there wasn't much. There wasn't much variety of magic because there wasn't much variety of magic. I'd probably be inclined to go with a three then. Yeah, I'd, I'd say
0: three. Uh, middle yeah, of road, mid-
1: three. middle of the road.
0: Yeah, middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, wit, boys? How funny was this episode?
1: Quite funny um, in Sabrina's plot and and Salem stuff, but then like the peasant things i go so to say that that was witless <laughs> it was yeah it was yeah so
0: uh, yeah and, and the stereotypical caricatures of the, the servants I didn't like um, I, did, I I really enjoyed the ceremony though but yeah because that, that was funny but I think we should use that for creativity opposed to... Well, I was going to say
2: the song, where would you put the song? Because that the song was quite witty.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's another three.
0: Creativity though, I think... Um...
2: Four. Four to five, then. Yeah. If we're putting the whole ceremony in, it's yeah. four to five, isn't it? Yeah.
1: He is a creative man, Frank Conniff. He definitely thinks outside of the box, and uh, this was no yeah. exception. Okay. I'd, I'd say... I'd say a four. Yeah, okay.
2: But, 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 but with the Just Desserts and the Humble Pie, that was really good. I I, I want to say five
1: chaps. You had had a complete misuse or underuse of a character.
0: Yeah, we're we're ignoring that. So I'd say five for creativity because I did really enjoy what they built the episode around. I did enjoy. Five. Thank you, Philippe. And finally, progression. There was a horn at the end. One for the horn. One for the horn. Number
1: of horns in this episode, one. We give it a one.
0: (laughs) Seriously, yeah. Horn at the end,
1: Serena learns a lesson. Serena learns a lesson she's already learnt. And there's a horn at the end. Zelda starts acting like Hilda. And there's a horn at the there's end. There's a horn at the end. Salem is... Salem, and we love Salem being his, you know, sort of a maniacal self. And there's a horn at the end. But that's not progression. The only progression is the horn at the end. One for the horn.
0: Uh, so what does that give us? So that gives
1: us... That's 12, above mate. Above average episode, 12 out of
0: 20. Not bad, but not particularly amazing i like to think that maybe we would have given it a better score had we not discussed this episode yeah (laughs) yeah before we discussed this episode it probably would have been a 14 15. (laughs) yeah Uh, anyway what about episode nine let's see if this is any good i can tell you it's a bloody cracker this one episode nine boys it's entitled nobody knows libby like sabrina knows libby (gasps) oh is it
2: like an osmosis jones thing Does Sabrina get shrunk down and get injected into Libby somehow so that she has to figure out what's wrong with Libby? So no one
1: knows Libby like Sabrina knows Libby. Sabrina's in Libby's brain! Okay. Graham, what do you think? Well, we've already done the sort of body swap type deal with Sabrina and Libby so it won't be that again. or Hopefully it won't be that again. So is it... Maybe Libby's kidnapped. Maybe Libby ends up in some sort of other realm predicament and um, Sabrina has to answer questions about her uh, which she finds out through sort of magic, through actually speaking to her, to, her, to set her free. Okay. So it's it's like
2: Libby's being kidnapped and Sabrina has to go through an escape room yeah. to, to save her. Yeah, basically that, yeah. I, I, I want to change mine to maybe it's like a What Women want thing and Sabrina can hear
0: all Libby's thoughts. Ooh. If I tell you that one of the spellings of nose is nose, Chris, are you willing to change your idea again? to back to what it was before. Back to, back to what it was before? Yeah. To, to the Osmosis Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so I was right before. You were right before. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't let Graham lead you down the path of incorrect theories and ideas. Damn you, Graham. Uh, yes, uh, episode nine, Nobody Knows Libby Like Sabrina Knows Libby. Sabrina takes a ride in Salem's tiny magic spaceship where they crash land inside Libby's brain. Wow. Sounds gross. <laughs> it's gross, but... The set design in this episode is amazing. Like, it's so gross and cool good episode this one another one episode 9 that is nobody knows Libby like Sabrina knows Libby but that is for next week as for this week episode 8 thank you very much for listening and hopefully thoroughly enjoying my name has been Phil Dean and I've been joined by my comrades that sit across to me first of all Graham Rally. thank you Graham you're welcome thank you very much Christopher not a problem and uh, if you do enjoy this uh, show and this episode in particular then please leave us a nice rating review on iTunes the more reviews we get the more our show is seen by eyes of the general public means we get on the iTunes chart which is nice and leave us a nice review boys you can chat to us by a variety of different ways
1: can't you? Yeah, you can do such a thing. If you really so choose. At us, at, uh, on the old Twitter, uh, at Sabrina Watch. You could get in touch with us via
2: email. <gasps> what? I know. I can't remember the email address. Oh, it's so sabrinateenagewatch
0: at gmail.com. So it's at gmail.com? It is. So, so what, what is that again, Philip? Sabrina Teenage Watch at gmail.com and you can also find us on the Face and book yes you can indeed just type sabrina the teenage watch and you will find us there well boys it's been a joy but until we travel into uh, Libby's nose may every little thing you do
1: Be be magic one for the horn